Um, you'll open your Bibles, the book of Proverbs. That's in the wrong spot. 29, verse 18 says this, Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. It's a great verse. Where there's no vision, the people perish. Uh, vision means a revelation. If, if there's no revelation, then people perish. Um, if there's no dream, people perish. Um, if there's no vision, people perish. Webster defines vision as the act of seeing external objects, actual sight. Faith here is turned into vision there. Another number two of that de definition, the faculty of seeing sight. Vision is far more perfect and acute in some animals than in man. And then this is the one, something imagined to be seen, though not real, a phantom, a specter. No dreams but visions strange. In Scripture, and this is the one we want to get to, a revelation from God, an appearance, or an exhibition of something supernaturally presented to the minds of the prophets by which they were informed of future events. Such were the visions of Isaiah, of Amos, and of Ezekiel. Do you realize that, that Sunshine Baptist Church has a vision statement? Because we have a dream we have a, a, God has laid on our hearts a, a, a something that we are to do, a vision of the future, a vision of impacting this world, and our vision statement's very simple. We will reach this world through the building of relationships. Think about that a minute. We reach this world through the building of relationships. A friend of mine, or, or maybe kind of a teacher, uh, he coined the phrase, obey GC squared. It's a great phrase. Most of you are going, huh, what does that mean? Unless you've heard me say it over and over again. GC squared comes like this. It's the great commandment. Matthew 22, verse 34 says, But when the Pharisees had heard that he had put Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of thy heart, with all of thy soul, and with all of thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. How can you love somebody without a relationship? Not real well, huh? Doesn't work out too well. But that passage goes on. And the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. That's called the great commandment. Y'all know that? That's what that's called. That's what theologians and Bible Scholars have called that statement. Loving God with all your heart and then loving your neighbors as thyself. Or love God, love people. That's the first thing. That's the first of the DCs. The DC squared, the great commandment. And then we're going to read about the great commission. 
Matthew 28, 16. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. That's called the Great Commission. So we have the Great Commandment times the Great Commissions. That means that we are to make disciples who in turn will make disciples. Does that make sense? Do you realize that, that really God has given us a very simple program? That we are to love Him with all our heart. And that we are to love others. We are to love them so much that we will give them the gospel and teach them how they can give the gospel. Lindsay is a great example of that. Her family gave her the gospel. The church gave her the gospel. She responded to the gospel. Now she's going to the uttermost parts of the earth to give the gospel so that they too can give the gospel. That's how we all got here. You see, it's all relational. It's all based on relationships. And here are the, the relationships that we have to focus on building. The first relationship is our relationship with God. Jesus said unto them, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. That This is the first and great commandment. Jesus, talking in uh, John chapter 15, said this, Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so I have loved you. Continue you in my love. If you keep my commandments, you abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. So we are to work on our relationship. We are to build our relationship with God. Wow. Sounds easy, right? It is easy. We read God. How do you build a relationship? My wife and I get to, or have gotten to know each other over these last 30-some years, 35 years, 34, I, 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 I know that's coming up soon. I better get that right, you know. Um, January 31st is our anniversary. I got to get that right. But <clears throat> we have built a relationship. We get to know each other better and better. When we first got, when we first got married, we didn't know each other very well. Um, I met her, and she didn't like me, and I didn't like her. And that was in, like, October, and then in January we got married. <laughs> yeah, boy. Interesting. Throughout these years, she has put up with me. What a blessed woman she is. Blessed to me. I mean, I, I've not been <laughs> such a blessing to her, I know. But listen... We got to know each other by spending time together, uh, by observing. I can pretty much know what she wants to eat. I do all the cooking at our house. That is, um, that's a blessing to me. Um, she's not real good at that. <laughs> she, can't, 
it was funny. She gave to the thing Thursday night, and it's all about uh, the Thursday night thing. We got to eat some uh, broccoli chicken quiche, and that was okay. A little mini thing, not enough to do much, um, but what's your appetite? Um, but they were talking about pre-planning and going to the grocery store and all this. It was totally lost on Susan. She doesn't go to the grocery store. She doesn't cook, so she does not. Why does she need to go to the grocery store? We have built a relationship over the years. We are much more intimate. We know each other better and better from spending time, from observing. And see, we need to do that with our God. Oh, we need to spend time with him. Spend time in his word. That's a revelation to us. Spend time with him. And don't forget this. We need to obey the things he says. My children didn't have a great relationship with me when they weren't obedient. You know, I didn't stop loving them, but our relationship got strained. Yeah, and you guys were, I was a kid who strained relationships. If we want to have a great relationship with God, we have got to get to know him better, and then we have got to start obeying his commandments. Not only are we to build a relationship with God, but we are to build our relationship within the church. And the, Matthew twenty two thirty nine. And the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang the law and the prophets. Matthew twenty eight twenty. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Going back to John fifteen, these things I have spoken unto you. Get this, that my joy might remain in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what, sir, I have commanded you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should, be, should go and bring forth fruit, that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he shall give it to you. These things I command you, that ye love one another. It's talking to the church. Romans chapter 12 talks a lot about that, uh, on how we are to love one another. I'm actually going to get to that in a later point. But see, we have to build relationships within the church. See, we are God's people. We have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And we need to get along with one another. Now, I know that's hard because some of people are just hard to get along with. But see, we have something very much in common. We are Christ's disciples. And we are to love one another. See that one command that, that our God has given us to love one another? We are to love one another. By the way, if we don't love one another, then the whole world's not going to know that Christ is real. Check out the word. So we are to, to build the relationships within the church. By the way, we need each other. We really need each other. Cynthia told me that she read in her devotion today, uh, the verse of the day for her was um, Hebrews 10. I think it was Hebrews 10. 
It tells us we are not to uh, forsake the assembling together. Uh, and it goes on, I'm paraphrasing, because we need one another. Even more so, we need one another as the time gets closer. In perilous times, as the time gets closer to the, the, the time that, that, that Jesus is going to be coming back, we need each other more than ever. The other relationship we need to build is our relationship with the lost. We are to love our <clears throat> go you therefore teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Matthew twenty two thirty nine and the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang the law and the prophets. Acts twenty six eighteen. Paul is giving his testimony. And Jesus spoke these words to Paul as he is commissioning Paul. And I believe this commission goes to us. Listen to these words. To open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. You see, we sometimes get a little <clears throat> prideful. We talk about the world and the lost people, and we talk down upon them, and we, you know, look at those people. Let me read these words. To open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God. Understanding, we need to understand that the world out here, all out here, there's a world that does not know Christ. They are living in darkness. They are, they are, are, are blind. They need forgiveness of sins. That's a relationship we need to build with the lost world. So our vision it's to build relationships. We reach the world through the building of relationships. So this year, in 2021, we need to build strong relationships. I'm going to tell you how to build relationships. You guys hear that all the time, right? You just got to build your relationship. You got to get a better relationship. Nobody ever tells you how. You figured that out. You hear it a lot, but you don't get the how. Today I'm going to give you some hows, and some of y'all aren't going to like the hows. Number one, if we're going to build stronger relationships with our God, within the church, and within, within the lost world, we are going to have to put away our pride. We are going to have to become humble. Philippians 2.1 if there be, therefore, any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves." Look not every man on his own things, 
but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven, of things in earth, and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You see, our Savior came into this world in a very humble manner. You know, we just came through Christmas, right? And we all get all excited and we get our presents and we get to spend time with family and we read the Christmas story and we kind of disconnect into the, all the other stuff that goes on. Remember, Jesus came to a small, insignificant country in this vast world. A country that's not even the size of, of New Jersey, that was under, the impression, uh, under oppression from a foreign government. And he was born in a little tiny town that was insignificant, except that it was prophesied that he would come there. And he came as a child, born in a um, place where they kept animals, lie, laid in a manger. The king of the universe humbled himself. Do you realize that for us to have a relationship with God, we have got to even start a relationship with God, we have got to humble ourselves. We've got to come to this place where we admit that we need a Savior. That's not the American way, by the way. The American way is we can pull ourselves up by the bootstraps, right? We can take care of all this stuff on our own. We don't need anybody. We need a Savior. And until we humble ourselves and come to God and say, I am a sinner, please forgive me. We are steady in a lost state. We have no relationship with them. Our relationship with God starts through humility. In Philippians 3, Paul talks a little bit about himself. He says this, For we are the circumcision, which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, <clears throat> touching the righteousness which is the way of the law, blameless but what things were gained to me those I counted loss for Christ yea doubtless I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that I may win Christ and be found in him not having my own righteousness which is of the law but that which is through 
faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Uh, that doesn't sound like a great prideful thing. God, here I am. I'm a gift. Use me. No, it sounds like, God, here I am. Whatever I have is not worthy of anything. Lord, would you please use me? Do we have to humble ourselves? Romans chapter 12. It's a great, great passage. We'll be in it a few times today. Romans 12, 3 says, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. And then 2 Timothy 2, 24. If you're going to minister, this is what we are to do. And the servant of the Lord must not strive but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. Does that sound like Paul is telling Timothy to go straighten those sinners, wicked sinners out? Do you understand that people are in darkness? That people are uh, maybe ill-informed? So you need to be a bit kind. By the way, if you want to build a relationship with me and you come and say, hey, you, you, your, your ideas are just stupid. You're not going to get a real good relationship. Now that God's done some work in my life, I'm not going to shoot you. I will think about it. And then I will repent. How in the world do you think you're going to get a good relationship with anybody if you don't humble yourself? How are you going to get a good relationship with God? How are you going to have a good relationship with your spouse or with your kids? How are you going to have a good relationship within the church? How are you going to have a good relationship with the, the people who are lost, who are blinded, who don't know they're in the snare of the devil, and you're going to go beat them some more? We have got to come humbly. Did Jesus come? The only people Jesus really condemned and beat up were the religious bunch who were beating up everybody else. Listen, Jesus didn't call us to straighten people out. That's his job. He called us to build a relationship and to share the gospel. And when the gospel is received and applied to someone's life, Jesus starts the process of straightening them out. It's called sanctification. All right, I'm going to meddle. This week has been difficult in this country. I broke my rule, and I watched a little bit of news Wednesday night. Maybe five minutes of Fox News and five minutes of CNN, 
and I was sorry I ever broke the rule. Let me just give you a few thoughts on this real quick. I don't want to spend a lot of time on it. I just want you guys to start thinking about something. When I went to Fox News, I heard someone condemning the violence. And then in the next breath, you know I'm condemning this, but what about this? Okay, so we're gonna, you, it's okay to go do this because they did that. Did you ever accept that from your kids? Was that, did your parents ever accept that from you? Okay, so we're not going to accept that from anybody. We can't justify any actions. If an action is wrong, it's wrong. That's it. Okay? Then I went to, I went to the other side. And they're broad brushing everybody as evil, wicked, we're going to throw, uh, overturn the country. That's wrong too. So here's the thing. Are you going to get the truth? No. So turn it off. Listen, it's all opinion. And I've known it for a long time, and I should have always followed it. When I was in the Air Force, I worked intelligence. I'd read CIA and DIA daily briefings, and then you watch the, the, the television at night. And even back when Walter Cronkite and Dan Rather were on TV, you did not get the truth. It was fun. You want truth? Go to the Bible. Stay informed. Okay, stay off your, listen, I got off of social media, I got off of Twitter back in 2000, whatever, four years ago, when Trump got elected, because I had friends who were on the other side that have a different uh, philosophy of politics than I do. But they, they got themselves all caught up with other social media, and day after day after day, they were waiting for Trump to be arrested. All on stuff that turns out to be false. Their lives got destroyed because of that. Oh, yeah, and on the right, you're not any better? How long was you waiting for the Obama administration to fall because of, uh, of things like Benghazi or this or that? And do you remember what happened? It was the media and social media that stirs everything up. Nobody has any peace. Stay away from it. That's not going to build you any, any, any relationship. There's my rant. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. If God, peradventure, will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, who are taken captive by him at his will. <clears throat> lost the world they're blind they don't know what they're doing and we're not going to change them by fighting them with the world's tools the world's weapons by the way you remember the old saying all politics are local that's a fact our country and our uh, culture here in the United States gives us ways to be involved in the political process, and I, and I encourage you to be involved legally and 
within the guidelines more than anything under his rule. Just look, none of this is surprising God. Maybe it's shaking God's people up a little bit so they'll turn to him and not look to Washington for their answers. All right, how do we grow relationships? We humble ourselves. We unify for the cause of Christ. John chapter 17, the Lord Jesus is praying. This is his last long recorded prayer in scripture. And he says this, starting in verse 20. Neither I pray for these alone, he's talking about the disciples there, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. That's us. He's praying for us. This is what he's praying. That they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one to, in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And the glory which thou gavest me I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one, I in them, and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world, world may know that thou hast sent me, and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Father, I will go, <clears throat> I will, that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am, that, every, um, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me. For thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world hath not known thee, but I have known thee. And these have known that thou hast sent me. And I have declared unto them thy name, and will declare it, that the love wherewith you hast loved me may be in them, and I in them." We have to unify in Christ. You see, there's a greater cause. The greater cause is the cause of Christ. And that's where, as believers, with diverse backgrounds, with diverse opinions and attitudes, are to come together and to unite for the cause of Jesus Christ. To turn those from darkness to light. What is more important what did the scripture say? What is it if a man gain all and lose his soul? We have to unite. Man, we are a diverse bunch of people here with a, bunch, a whole bunch of different thoughts and processes. <clears throat> I found out most of y'all didn't start the new year outright. You did not eat collard greens and black-eyed peas. Let me tell you something, my family, that's a sin. And I have someone back there who can test it, my, my, my cousin's here today. And, oh, man. But y'all messed up. You're probably thinking I messed up by eating that stuff. <clears throat> we have to unite. Romans 12, 4. For we have many members in one body. And all members have not the same office. So we being many are one body in Christ, and even one members one of another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. 
or ministry, let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, and he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. In that passage, God lists a whole bunch of gifts, spiritual gifts, and he's telling us that we all need to take whatever our gift is and we need to use it to minister one to another. We are to come together in unity for that. Listen, over time I get better in some of these areas, but my real gift is not mercy. It really isn't. My first reaction is, well, tough, tough, man. I don't have any mercy. My son played ball or got hit, and he played basketball. He got beat up. I rubbed some dirt on it. Let's go. I don't have that mercy. His mother had some mercy on him. Man, a little blood never hurt anything. I coached him in baseball. Zach, lean into it, man. Take one for the team. That's not my natural gift. I think, I'm not even really actually sure what my gifts are. I think it's prophecy and preaching and, 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 and teaching and a little bit of administration and, and somehow God gets me through things. But see, some of you have that ministry of uh, uh, that, that you're, you're just wonderful when it comes to to to, uh, uh, to helping or, or mercy. I'm not sure I'm a great giver. If I have it in my pocket, I'll give it to you. Um, but I'm so thankful there are people who have the gift of giving and the gift of encouraging. I try to be a gift. I try to encourage, but a lot of times I don't do well with it. See, I'm back there pointing out all the things you could do better. That's that prophecy gift, you know. It's always a coach. So we need each other. We need Fernando, you and Judy. You encourage. You have the gift of encouragement. You come in, you light up the room, man. You start talking, and man, it feels great. I love people with the gift of encouragement. We need it, and I love people with the gift of mercy because there's time we need mercy. And I love people with the gift of giving, and the ones who teach, the ones who prophesy. The ones who, who are, are great administrators, administrators. <laughs> See, we all have gifts, and we have to come together in unity, using those gifts, building those relationships, because we all have needs. By the way, if a church ever practiced that, every single need would be met. Romans 12, continuing on, starting in verse 9. Look at how true Christians behave. Let love be without dissimulation. Adhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love and honor preferring one another. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer distributing to the necessity of the saints, given to hospitality. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Um, that's important. 
Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things. Be condescended to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place, uh, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, say the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on, on his head. And be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Oh, boy, that thing about coals on the head is when you treat people well, their guilt will come get to them and they will respond. And, and it says, and not be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Can I tell you? I wish that most people who claim the name of Christ were as passionate about following Christ and following God's word as they are about their politics on both sides. Okay, there's my broad brush. I want our believers to be passionate about following Christ. I want this church to be passionate about following Christ. You see, the, the relationships that we have, the relationship with God, the relationship with each other, and the relationship we have with a lost world must become stronger. And then, if we're going to build relationships with God, with each other, and with the world, then we need to understand the lost state of this world. i got to hurry. Well, no, I'm not. I'm going to go a little long today. Romans 1.18, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds, and to four-footed beasts, and to creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanliness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. 
And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Being filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, uh, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. That is a description of the world around us. These are the people who are blinded, who are living in darkness, who need a message of hope. Paul writes to the Corinthians, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? After that, the wisdom of God, the word world by wisdom, knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. We are to proclaim. That's what the word preaching means. It doesn't mean yelling and jumping up and down, though some of us do that. We are to proclaim the word of God. Yes, it sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? That one man came, lived a pure life, a holy life, without sin, and gave himself on a cross for the wicked all around, and then rose again the third day. Sounds foolish. I'm glad that I was foolish enough to receive that word and to believe on Jesus Christ. That's the answer. <clears throat> Matthew 9, 36, But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep, having no shepherd. Matthew 14, 14, And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude, and was moved with compassion toward them, and he healed their sick. Let's look at this world a little differently. Let's understand that they're lost. They don't know what they're doing. We have the answers. We have the answers. It's the gospel. It's just so much easier for us to just condemn them and to, to put them down. But the, they don't know what they're doing. You see, if we put our pride aside, if we come together in unity and we understand their state we can make a difference we can reach this world when we build relationships every Friday we're out here handing out food it's not nutritional food that's all we're able to get right now we're, we're I'm working on ways to get better stuff but I tell you I guess if you're hungry uh, um we have uh, Rice Krispie Treats. Dennis found a whole box of uh, Cocoa Krispie Treats. We got Cheez-Its. We had bread this week, macaroni. Listen, 
We watch people come through. Sometimes they're driving incredibly nice cars. And you know what the first thought is? What do they need food for? Then you back up, humble yourself a little bit. Maybe they lost their job and that car is about all they have. And that car payment is about to kill them. They can pay their car payment, but they may not have enough to eat. Hey, look, I don't, we just need to give the stuff. We need to give of ourselves so the cause of Christ can go on. And we will reach the world through building relationships. Oh, you say, well, what, what about the rest of the world? We have a relationship with Lindsay. You go back there and you look through the pictures that, that scroll through. We have a relationship with several different missionaries. We can pray. We can support. Build the relationships with them as they go and build relationships with others. So, last week we talked about having no fear. This week, the vision. Let's reach this world through the building of relationships. Father, thank you for your love and your mercy. Thank you for uh, what the world sees as foolish, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Help us, Lord, to humble ourselves and to come to you to read your word, to study your word, to meditate on your word, Lord, to obey your word so that we have a stronger relationship with you. Help us, Father, to come together in unity as we humble ourselves to each other. And Lord, we put our love for you above all. And Lord, help us to reach this world with the gospel. May there not one person in this world not receive a gospel witness. May we build the relationships that it takes for us to do our part. Lord, we'll give you praise, for it's not us. It's not, it's just not one man's great innovation or any of these things. It's all you. Help us to trust you and to follow you with all of our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you're here and you've never trusted Christ, talk to us. We're here. That starts that incredible relationship. Um, just want to tell you, I appreciate you. You all are awesome. Uh, God is allowing us to do incredible things. I never thought we'd be a food pantry, but it seems like God's moving that into more and more things and uh, more and more opportunities. What a blessing that is. Thank you guys for supporting in all that we do. Praise the Lord. You're dismissed.